Experience the power of 5G with T-Mobile. With faster 5G speeds nationwide, you can upload your favorite videos super fast or game on the go. Plus, T-Mobile has more 5G bars in more places, so you can stay connected to what matters most from almost anywhere. Switch to T-Mobile today, the leader in 5G. T-Mobile has America's largest 5G network, fastest based on median overall combined 5G speeds according to analysis by Ookla of Speed Test Intelligence Data 5G speeds for Q4 2021. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. You know the old saying, selling like hotcakes? What does that even mean? What is a hotcake anyway? They should change it to selling like Hondas, because right now Hondas are selling faster than ever. Probably because they're so rugged, long-lasting, and fuel-efficient. And if you want one, you should get to your local Honda dealer right away. Check out the eight-passenger pilot, or maybe the adventurous Passport. But you gotta do it fast, because Hondas are selling like, well, Hondas. New models are arriving right now. Don't wait. See your local Honda dealer today. Hey, ladies. If you want to share your story on the Hunter Planet podcast for the Women Who Hunt series, drop us a line. Sharing your story with others helps to inspire and build the outdoor heritage for younger generations. The most important thing we can do to help conserve this great heritage is to get the youth involved to build the future. Thanks for listening to the Hunter Planet podcast. Check out our ambassador program and join the hunt at bowhunterplanet.com. Now back to the show. All right, everyone, welcome to the Bowhunter Planet Podcast. Myself, Tim Mazzarana. We've got Jamie, Noteboom, Uncle Bob, Chris McGee, and Dave Thomas in the studio tonight. And joining us by phone is Jana Waller from Skull, Skullbound, Skullbound TV. How's it going, Jana? Oh, it's doing good. How is everybody there, man? You've got quite a group there. Yeah, not yeah. too bad. We've got, we got a full studio for you tonight. So hopefully nice. a very entertaining for, uh, yeah, probably not. <laughs> yeah, no we'll pressure, try. No we will try. <laughs> yeah, so so tell us what, what's been going on. What what have you been up to? I know we had you on uh, quite a while ago, but uh, what what's the last season been about? Tell us what, give oh. us the rundown. Man, I tell you what, we had a, an incredible fall season. Actually, spring and fall season this last year. So right now, we are airing season eight of Skullbound TV on the Sportsman's Channel. It airs January through June. So, um, and, you know, everybody says, this is my best season yet. You know, everybody says that. Well, this is definitely by far my best season. There you and go. I've, I've never <laughs> said that except for 2015 was an incredible year. I got the big bull in Alaska. That's awesome. Um, that sick of stag in Maryland. Just unique hunts that kind of all came together. Well, this past year, spring and fall seasons were just incredible, incredible. And I had some, you know, downer moments too. We bow hunters all know that. I, I should have mm-hmm. gotten a bull in Oregon. I, I did an amazing stalk and I just messed up the shot. And so it started out a little rough, but it uh, ended up to be a fantastic season. We, I don't know if you guys have seen that footage. Um, we filmed two different things this year that we will never probably ever capture again in the wild. We were black bear hunting. I do a lot of do-it-yourself black bear hunting, spot and stalks here in Montana. And we were literally right outside the metropolis of Missoula, Montana, in one of our bear spots. And we came across a mating pair of grizzlies for seven no hours. We, yeah, we filmed them from... 600 yards to 140 yards was when they were the closest to us. And there was a, you know, big creek drainage between us and the the mating pair. So we felt pretty safe where we were, but it was incredible. We watched, it was, I mean, the Nat Geo stuff. We're talking literally mating, courting, fighting, 
for seven hours. We burned through every camera battery we had, and it was absolutely incredible. It was on actually two weeks ago, the episode two weeks ago, we incorporated some of that footage into the episode. And then two days later, we filmed um, the one clip I could say that's literally gone viral for us is it's a blonde sow bear with a cub, and she sees a black jet black bear on the bottom of the hillside she's on, probably about 100, 150 yards away from her. They're about 350 yards away from us. She sees the boar and just runs after him down the hill and chases the black bear up the tree. Have any of you guys seen that footage? No, I haven't, but I have to check that out. That is absolutely amazing. It's incredible. It's incredible. It's on our YouTube channel, Skullbound TV. Um, Viral Hog has since reached out. They're representing the clip, so I've seen it literally scattered over a thousand different spots but so it's cool. amazing footage we watched that sow go up and down that tree five different times all the way to the I mean, it's a really really tall lodge pole tree and she swipes at him up at the top he's <laughs> literally dangling on the top of the tree she bites every branch on the way up and down she bites the branches off with her teeth showing how incredibly strong she is Holy she's cow. trying to intimidate him she goes to the bottom. She rubs all on the base of the tree. She goes back up and down, up and down five times. It was amazing footage. And so we just had stuff like that to incorporate into our show that really made it pop this year. That and, sounds uh, absolutely awesome. Yeah, it was fantastic. I'm watching it right now. So <laughs> I got <laughs> I have, I have to. I have to ask yeah. real quick because we just had um, uh, Todd Oron who had a, a bear attack. Oh, yeah. oh, and, yeah. uh, you know, I, have you had any close close calls like that? Oh, not like Todd's had, man. His story is incredible. Todd's a Montana in himself. Yep. Oh, yeah. The nice, the cool thing about Todd is that he is such a humble Mm -hmm. badass. Yeah. I mean, can I say badass? Yeah. Oh, you can absolutely say say badass. I mean, when when you got somebody that can FaceTime after (laughs) you've been bear bear attacked, you've earned that His face is coming off. He's like, I'll just just, just make a film real quick. (laughs) As you guys... (laughs) As you guys are well aware, talking with him, he's killed, you know, dozens of bulls with a handgun. He's really skilled. Mm -hmm. And the thing about Todd is that's so great is that not only is he humble and he is such an experienced outdoorsman and hunter and it can happen to him. And he was well prepared. He had his pistol on one hip and his spray on the other. It just goes to show you that it can absolutely happen to anybody at all times. I don't think he did one thing wrong. And I've watched. Jason Matzinger did a really neat sort of mini documentary on Todd and that's on YouTube too, for people to go watch. But yeah, it's amazing. He, I'll tell you what, I have never had an encounter like that. I've been a little freaked out by some black bear sows and up in Canada while we're on the ground, bow hunting them and, you know, where their cubs act like they're about to crawl into the ground blind and she's huffing and puffing and scary moments like that, but nothing compared to uh, an attack from a grizzly like that. The sad thing about it is it's happening all too common out mm-hmm. here in the West. We, I, I bow hunted for elk this year in one of my favorite uh, public land spots over kind of near the Rocky Mountain front. And within 10 days, we filmed 11 different grizzly bears. Wow. So why do you yeah. think that is? You, you think it's just a population explosion? Yep. There's not enough conservation, like not, not enough, enough hunting. hunting. Well, there's none hunting. There's no yeah, hunting grizzly bears, yeah. you know, in the lower 48, not at all. 
um, unfortunately, uh, it's a political issue. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot, and for, no. it's not a science-based issue. Science-based shows yeah. we absolutely need to manage these bears. Their, rec- their numbers have recovered. We've done a wonderful job at getting their numbers back up there. There was supposed to be a Wyoming hunt, an right. Idaho yeah. hunt, so, and possibly a Montana hunt. Those, those, got, those all got tabled. Yeah, that all that of, made huge news this right. year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the, same, yeah. the same with the wolves, too. You know, that, they brought yeah. them back, and yeah. you need to yeah. do something about them now. Well, I mean, Canada's not doing a great job controlling the population either. Remember the thing with Shockey earlier this year? Right. I was talking right. about that lady and her yep. daughter. Lady and her daughter. Yep. By grizzly bear. Yeah, unfortunately, so. Missoula's judge is the one, which is where I live, who tabled that issue. But it's political. It's sad. But yeah, and it also can be too. They also, it depends a lot on the food sources. In fact, I talked to Jamie Jonkel, who's a bear biologist expert. I talked to him just last week. We were talking about the footage that we gathered. Um, I was doing another conservation project on bears, and he was telling me it's that it's a lot of it is to do with the every four or five years. He said there's natural food occurrence situations that happen a lot of times they can be due to forest fire they can be due to frost and snow mm-hmm. i mean i don't know if you guys have turned on the news but we got three feet of yep. snow which is really rare for the bitterroot valley of montana area and that's going to change the bear dynamics a little bit this year you know all things like that kind of come into play and when there is a low natural food source whether it's a low berry year or in springtime low grass they can tend to congregate then when there is more food around like you know, people's garbage cans, picnic yeah, right, areas, right, stuff like and, that. Yeah. So then the human conflicts can increase. But yeah. grizzly bears in and of themselves are recovered in, in, in many of the states that they were focused on getting their numbers back up there. And we just simply need a, a hunting season right. for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. I think yeah. that, that that's a true testament to you as a, as a conservationist, right, to mm-hmm. really go out there and, and tell that message to say, hey, I mean, because I, I, I don't think, like, the people that are, like, are against the hunting, they right, don't hunt. for, from a con, they don't hunt. Yeah. No, that's, yeah, it's no, animal no. rights. But, it's, yeah. it's, you know, they don't deserve, you know, but they, they don't understand the role that we play. You know, no, they, 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 they think that there's a role that we should play, but they don't understand the role that we play. Yeah. So it, it, exactly. it's yeah, crazy. They don't, they don't realize that the majority of conservation comes from hunters. You know what that music means. I sure do, Tim. I think it means it's sponsor time. It is sponsor time. And we want to give a special thanks to those that support the Bowhunter Planet podcast. Special thanks to Skullhooker and Stealth Camp. I also want to give a shout out to the new podcast, the Fred Bear Field Notes. Uh, this is a great podcast, guys, that if you haven't listened to it yet, this is your chance to learn about Fred Bear, his amazing adventures, and how a man who picked up his first bow at 29 built a legacy from that point on. It's actually pretty incredible. It is actually really incredible. They just ended season one, and you can binge on all eight episodes. You can go to iTunes, wherever you find your podcast, or go to beararchery.com slash field notes. Exactly. They don't mm-hmm. understand the system of it all. You know, the American conservation model is is so successful. People don't understand, especially non-hunters, don't understand um, that every time we buy a gun, a bow, a, a hunting-related product, ammunition, licenses, mm-hmm. tags, that uh, there's a there's a the Pittman-Robinson Act is a tax put on hunting-related products. That tax raises billions of dollars and that's to go to every state to help manage their wildlife including then the licenses the tags the permits the you know we hunters are true animal lovers and that is a really big message on Mm skullbound tv because people who don't hunt or come from hunting families can't make that connection that 
We love animals. We want them to be around. We want the herds to flourish. We want there to be predators, but not when there's too many predators in one certain area, then it, then they're doing too much damage on the mm-hmm. elk calves and the deer fawns. And, you know, it all, it all works. There's together, a balance. Yeah, there's a balance, and they're absolutely fooling themselves if they think nature balances itself out because of the population of the country of this country as well as others. People's population encroachment of habitat, losing habitat. You know, whether it's due to natural forest fires or whatever, it all plays together. But we hunters are the ones who are putting our dollars back to making sure the herds, the flocks, and the habitat are protected. And that is just such a hard thing for people who haven't been brought up in a hunting family to understand. Yeah, and I think we you I think you get that all across the country. You get that here in Michigan. Um, you know, obviously it's a little bit different dynamic here. Like our our biggest our biggest issue raised recently is the wolf hunts. Um, you know, up in the upper UP yep. where um, you know the large part of Michigan. Um, they, they were supposed to open up a, a wolf hunt and then, then the larger part of Michigan spoke against it, wow. but, but that's the larger part of Michigan that doesn't deal with that every day. Well, here's exactly. what's about the to change. Peninsula. Yeah. Because now the DNR is asking the people in the lower peninsula when they see the wolves, cause now once yeah. they get down here, right. It's a totally they, different story. Once they get story. to Traverse yeah. city or something like that and yeah. rich people's mm-hmm. dog gets to eat. Yep. And, and you know what you don't hear? You know what you don't hear? You don't hear, you don't hear people complaining about that. There's that, that, that we need to conserve coyotes. Right. You see coyotes everywhere around where we live attacking people's dogs. You know, you hear those stories all the time. And and when it hits home, people, people, people's eyes opens. But Mm -hmm. it's not until it hits home that people's eyes open. So it's it's, even that issue out here in the Bitterroot Valley for mountain lions, for example, even living here and me being out in the woods more days than not in the course of a year. I still have only seen five or six in the last decade while I'm out hunting 24, I mean, I'll go on 13 big game hunts a year. You know, people just don't see them. You go out onto the logging roads. If you have a vehicle that can get up into the logging roads in in snowfall, and you will see track after track Mm -hmm. after track. They're there. They did a big three-year mountain lion study here in the Bitterroot not too long ago. People can read about it on uh, Montana's Fishing Game. Um, And they found out that the carrying capacity was way higher Mm -hmm. than expected. They did a lot of capturing and collaring and tagging and tracking, and they just were not catching a lot of the same cats that they thought they would be. There were more and more and more and more cats. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, that just means that we need to get out there. We need to hunt mountain lions because they're hunting the elk and the deer and every, you know, other animals as well. And that we need to manage them. It just means that we need to manage them. People who, it's a really hard concept to understand the balance of predator prey mm-hmm. unless you're, you know, in that environment, but it is necessary. For 20 years, StealthCam has been at the forefront of trail camera development and innovation. From the industry's first 4K ultra high definition DS4K and the XV4's advanced high resolution night imaging to the latest in wireless technologies. StealthCam continues to deliver the highest quality, most reliable trail cameras available. Your images begin at StealthCam.com. It's coffee break time. If you're looking for premium coffee for those who grind every day, if life is an adventure and not just a routine, Grind Life is for you. You could be an adventurer, military person, first responder, outdoorsman, factory worker, or just red-blooded patriotic American. 
Grind Life is here to help you achieve success in everything you do. Visit grindlifecoffee.com and tell them BHP Podcast sent you. And enjoy a fresh brew just like us. Yo, Kevin, give me a warm up. Now, you, you've done a mountain lion hunt, correct? Oh, I've been on tons. Of yeah. We're looking oh, yeah. at your mount right now. Yeah. <laughs> it looks well, awesome. Uh, t- tell, us about, tell us about that, because that, that's a hunt. I mean, none of us here that's have any lifter. experience with that kind of predator uh, hunting. It is so, it's one of the most misunderstood hunts, kind of like bear baiting. People who've never done it don't understand how much work truly goes into it. Mm-hmm. Mountain lion hunting is the same thing. They think, I don't get it. You just go shoot them out of the tree. Oh, no, 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 no. I've been on <laughs> lots of mountain lion hunts, and they rarely, if ever, tree anywhere easy. You start out at 2 or 3 in the morning hopefully with a fresh snow, you are literally driving in a specialized vehicle that can go up into the mountains. Like uh, when I shot my cat, I was with Ben Wollers. He has a truck that he literally airs the tires down to four pounds. And it's a big jacked up Jeep. He's got the dog boxes on the back. We can go anywhere in that vehicle. And so we're going up and you're looking for fresh tracks. You cannot let the dogs out till daylight breaks. And then when you let the dogs out, the dogs are all collared. They've got GPSs. You're watching them on the unit in your hand, and they go off and they chase the cat. Trust me, the cat hardly ever goes anywhere where it's mm-hmm. easy. You might have yep. to hike 5, 10 miles. You know, it can jump tree to tree to tree. It can get cliffed out on a rocky cliff face, which happened once where Jim, Jim's last cat that he shot was just this steep, icy, rocky cliff face wall. It's it's challenging. Once you get to the tree, that's the easy part, kind of like sheep hunting. It's actually getting to the sheep that's the challenging part, not the hunt in and of itself. And once the cat is in the tree, depending on where it's positioned, how high it is, are there branches in the way, that all plays into it too. But I'm telling you what, to stand beneath a tree or a cliff or a rock where there's a mountain lion and to look into his eyes from 15 yards away, it's intense. They are amazing animals, amazing animals. And then, you know, I've been at lots of trees where, you know, the dogs are at the base, the cat's way up the tree, the cat bails, he runs. Watching them move and traverse the mountain, they're, they're incredible. They're the most amazing athletes out there. But to be able to look them in the eye and, you know, they, they're beautiful. No one would ever disagree that mountain lions aren't absolutely beautiful but like every other predator they need to be managed people don't understand it's delicious eating it hmm. is it really lions. that's what we hear oh yeah mountain lions wonderful it's like it's kind of like pork it's like a white steak but it's sweeter than pork but it's delicious wow. I, think we, I think we just found our new hunting, hunting trip yeah, I no, think you guys need no to come I think yeah. so. That's our biggest challenge. Is, yeah. is, you'll, you'll hear a lot of stories about Michigan. Um, mm-hmm. We're not Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> we got a lot of deer. I'm happy when there's I see a lot an eight of point. does, and there's a lot. Yeah, yeah. We're happy to see an eight point. That's great. A good eight point is amazing. So, um, so you've had some some really cool trips, um, you know, in the past year going on. What what's coming up here in the future? Oh, let's see. Um, going back to Kansas this year. I, nice. I did a, a muzzleloader hunt in Kansas this year that's coming up. It hasn't been aired yet. comes up in a couple of weeks. Um, uh, the Probably the hunt I'm really, really looking forward to is I just found out this week that I drew Wyoming elk as well oh, as wow. awesome. Robichet. 
And so I'm taking Medal of Honor recipient Clint Romache on his very first elk hunt. If anyone uh, really, has, that's going to be awesome. sweet. Well, Clint's amazing. He's I've hunted with Clint before a couple of times. We've gone coyote hunting with dog with Mount Kerr dogs before. Clint is one of those just humble heroes. He would never call himself that, but yeah. he is. If you want to know who Clint is, go on to Netflix and watch the series Medal of the Medal of Honor series. His is episode number two, and. Uh, I'm just excited to get to spend another week with him in the mountains, hear his stories, and to be able to share the story of the Red Platoon. Where mm-hmm. uh, one one night in Afghanistan, he lost eight of his men, and it was wow. a it's a one of the most horrific battles of Afghanistan. And uh, Clint is responsible for saving a lot of lives that night. But I'm just excited to get to be able to spend a week with him again and share his stories. No, we and we appreciate that ourselves. I mean, getting getting veterans, you know, out there and, and put, shining a light on that is absolutely amazing. And I think just like con- conservation, um, you know, that there's not enough light shined on our veterans and mm-hmm. what they've done for our country and continue to do and the you know the sacrifices that they made. So thank you. Exactly, that's, that's absolutely amazing. So and the more I can, I'm really blessed. I usually do two or three veteran hunts a year. I've taken four uh, double amputees on their first elk hunts. And the more people can see that what their stories are, what it was like to be, you know, to persevere through hell over there mm-hmm. and to come back and just sort of reacclimate into typical society can be really difficult after what they've, the atrocities they've seen to share their stories. I just think it makes everybody else appreciate our freedoms even all the more. I know that we all appreciate the second amendment. I know we all appreciate the fact that we get to hunt and live off the land and live the lifestyle that we want. But when you are able to hear these guys' stories about protecting America and what, mm-hmm. what we were founded mm-hmm. on and what we believed in, it just makes that patriotism all the stronger. Absolutely. And if I can share that a little bit, to me, those are the highlights of my life. That's and, awesome. And none of us would be doing what we love no. doing if it wasn't for the individuals that uh, sacrifice. Amen. Yep. 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 Amen. Yeah. Yep. So, so uh, I've got a really cool bow hunting episode coming up. I had cool. some, uh, awfully good luck in South Dakota this year. I was, it's probably one of the most challenging, but I've been a bow hunter almost 30 years. One of the most challenging bow hunts I've ever been on just because of weather and terrain. We were getting rain spit at us every day, super windy conditions. But I was in South Dakota with, um, um, out cold outfitters this year and uh, found luck on day five and that's it's a really great bow hunting show that comes out in i think two weeks that'll cool. air on sportsman's channel awesome so so what's your uh give us a rundown of your equipment what are you shooting okay I, i'm running still the matthews avail it's actually a bow i've been shooting the last three years i think um, Matthews Avail, Option Archery Site. Um, I use the, uh, I've got the five pin. They make an eight pin. I've got the five, seven and eight, I think. I've got the five. Um, I've got the quivalizer on, but I am not one to use it as as a, um, a stabilizer. You can actually move the quivalizer to the front of your bow. Um, I just find that's a little awkward for me, especially on spot and stalks, but a lot of people feel the stability is so much better that they're willing to do that. But I still use it as a basic quiver, really like it. Um, still shooting trigger release. I tried one year to go to the thumb release and it's messed me up. So <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah. but I'm one of those, yeah. I'm one of those don't mess with it. If it's working exactly. for you, it's working exactly. great. Exactly. Don't mess with it. I know a lot of guys are <laughs> gear guys. They love anything new. They love every year getting a new bow. I'm actually opposite. Like, I'm really glad that Matthews hasn't come out with a different 
woman's bow because they're a great sponsor of mine. They're awesome bows. I but you don't want to change so it much. up. I don't want to switch. <laughs> like, I don't want to switch right now, which I probably will switch to whatever new they next come out. They've all been great. The Chill SDX was one of my favorites, too. They came out with two bows ago. Awesome. But the avail- the, I've, it's been great. It's super lightweight. I shattered my left wrist in high school, so I have a problem carrying a lot of weight in my left wrist, especially when you're hiking all day long. So the Avail is super duper lightweight for that reason. And now it's just been a great, it's been a great bow. That's awesome. So you, so outside of hunting, I know that, um, you know, one of the things that you're kind of known for is your, your, um, deer skull artwork or just not deer skull, skull but work. Uh, skull, skull work. Yeah. yeah. Skull work. Tell yeah, us yeah. about that. How's that been going? What are you working oh on? Oh my gosh. It's been so, so good. It's so, I don't, the only downside is I just don't have enough time to, to do it as much as I'd like to. I probably do about a dozen skulls a year. Um, mostly for clients who ship me their skulls. And what I do is I bead or stone them, um, lots of different designs, Southwest looking with turquoise, uh, really blinged up with Swarovski crystals, um, kind of a masculine sort of look that I do is all wooden beads with arrowheads. They all look really, really different, but it's so much fun, especially when someone trusts me enough to send me their their skulls yeah. you know how we all are with our animals like okay yeah. do you understand how much this means and I'm, you know i totally get it and uh so that's been really good in fact la- two weeks was maybe three weeks ago already i donate I, I am a really strong supporter and partner with the mule deer foundation as well as the national Wild turkey federation so awesome. every year i go to their national conventions and we auction off my skulls and so this year i had a, a best you know, best year ever for both of those skulls. I donated a beaded whitetail skull to the NWTF's ladies luncheon that cool. raised $1,300, which is really good because it's a ladies luncheon. You know, they're not, it's not one of their big, big banquets on Friday or Saturday night. So I was super excited about that. And then on Saturday night at the Western Hunt Expo, my, I beaded up a 220 inch replica now mind you the replica they're beautiful you would never know this hanging on your wall was a replica but it was a replica of the utah state record for 2017 denny osted uh shot this 220 inch muley just gorgeous buck and i oh isn't it did you see it it's Mm -hmm. like oh i would have thought it would I wanted to bid on it. Let's just say <laughs> <laughs> And uh, it raised $7,000 for the Mule Deer wow, Foundation. Cool. Thanks. Cool. That is amazing. Gr- yeah, congratulations. Yeah. Yeah, oh, cool. thank you so much. Jana, really. It was a really fun night. It was exciting. What can you? What could you do with a little four-point? <laughs> I, I got a guy over here. Tim's got his deer it's for last year. It's not a little four-point. It's a little six-point. had a few more inches, maybe. Come on, man. Magical. I could, we could do something. <laughs> we should send it to her just to see what happens. Yeah, we, we, do need, we do need a BHP one. Like we need that. That'd yeah, be pretty cool. That do. could be fun. Maybe yeah. we could just. Right? Who there has a go. decent deer we can take? And not like, me. Ron, maybe take one of his. Deer Ron's and got a lot of good deer. Yeah, he's the yeah he's the all star. I've actually done that for a lot of people. I've put their logos Ooh, or cool. like cool. in the the offices here at Onyx Maps. Uh, Onyx Maps is an incredible like. Yeah, you know, Onyx is awesome. We use it all we the time. They sent us one. Yeah, last year it's awesome. Really Aren't cool. they? I could, literally we couldn't hunt without it. The app on your phone is amazing, and you mm-hmm. can you can cash in the maps. Everyone's the first question they ask is, "What if I don't have cell service?" It doesn't matter. Now, cash is in C A C H E. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> store it. Yeah, yeah. You store it. Store hey, you screenshot it. it and send it to all your buddies. <laughs> you store uh, it in awesome. your phone, and then it's there. And uh, anyway, they're headquartered right here out of Missoula, so there's a big oh, cool. heated 
elk skull that's in their main office that I did for them with their lo- old logo on it. So, yeah, no, that's fun. We could definitely do a that's exciting. It'd be really cool. be fun. Yeah, yeah. So, Jana, if you're ever, just so you know, if you're ever in this side of town, you're always welcome to come here. We'd love to have you in house. So we're oh, we're yeah. in Michigan, so I don't know if you come here very often. Is that the greatest hunting I, here? But it's, if, <laughs> you I, never know. You never know. Just throwing I it out. We got a Michigan. ton of hunters. Not a not a great population of deer. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, hey, that's large. all right. Yeah. It's about the experience. I get you. I'm all not right. in Wisconsin, or I'm I'm not in Michigan all that much, but I am from Wisconsin. Oh, so well, then we can't. The, then we, we take that back. You cannot come here. Green Bay. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold on. Are you a Green Bay fan then? Oh, well, let me just put it to you like this. Invitation off the table. It's a strong yes. <laughs> no, no. On the scale of Green Bay Facker pan- fans from 1 to 20, right? Like their fans are crazy. Mm-hmm. I have to admit. I'm on the really low end of the scale because I'm never home. I okay. never get to watch. All right. I'm gone. All, all right. Uh, well, you I'm redeemed yourself a, a little bit, I I'm guess. I'm taking a Switzerland position. <laughs> <laughs> so do, I, I missed the first part. Do you live in Wisconsin now? No. no, no, I live in Montana. Okay, in Montana. I live in Montana. I'm from, I've been here about 10 years. I am from Wisconsin and, you know, cut my teeth bow hunting Wisconsin whitetail. I'm here with you guys. I totally understand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I spent some time. I spent yeah. a little time in Wisconsin. I spent. I was in Appleton, Wisconsin. It was actually oh, nice. awesome. Yep. Beautiful, yeah, beautiful I, little I, city. Exactly where that is. I worked in Oshkosh near there. Um, I am actually from Fort Atkinson, Wisconsin, which is, you know, southern Wisconsin, um, only an hour north of the Illinois border, not even an hour. But uh, I get back there a couple times a year. So next time I'm there, I'm going to have to plan a trip over to the studio. There you oh, go. Oh, for sure. And awesome. bring some yeah. cheese, too. I want some cheese from Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually, I want some of that mountain lion. Yes. Let's uh, yeah. let, let's do some of that instead. No. But usually yeah. when we have it, when we have in-house guests, like we'll we'll do a big dinner. Some, oh, it's great. Some bear yeah. chili or whatever. Yeah, the oh, catching nice. catch deers guys were here. We we did a whole big yeah. bear Canadian bear chili feast as a Canadian, <laughs> yeah. and uh, it was a blast. But uh, have you ever had uh, what is that that Kevin made for a shark? Yeah, yeah shark. shark. Yeah. What is it? Was it Bob? Black, black tip, black tip. You ever had black tip shark? Shark. No. Oh my oh. god. It was is incredible. It oh. Unbelievable. It was I literally. Love those. I mean I it tasted them. like a like a, a white like, steak. Yeah, like it was a, a steak. white yeah. steak. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was I absolutely have had amazing. shark, but I don't think it was black tip. I have had shark. Um I feel so lucky. I'm one of these gals who I I love any fish, any wild game, you name it, I will try it and I've you know, I literally the only thing I've not yet conquered is coyote. <laughs> Other than oh, that, yeah. <laughs> I yeah, I but, would definitely I don't yeah, know if I know anybody that's eaten coyote. No. Squirrel. I know a lot of people that have squirrel. done squirrel. Uh-huh. Um, squirrel yeah. here is like, like it's actually a big thing. Do people eat wild boar? Like oh, in Texas? absolutely. It's yeah. delicious. Okay. I've had it numerous times. I killed actually. I killed a hog with a handgun this year. It was a first a first for me. I really wanted to actually. This is another thing coming up that's exciting. I'm going to be shooting the new Desert Eagle 429, and Ooh. I'm going to try to get a yeah. I'm going to try to get a black bear in Idaho nice, with it. Nice. So that'd be cool. But last year awesome. I took my Glock 10 down to Texas and shot a hog and we ate it. it have you ever had a bad, have you ever had a bad one though? Like we've no, had, but I've heard. Yeah. No. We, yeah. Like we had a bad, like <laughs> that's, I think that was the last one that I had. Like we had that a bad horrible. one and it was, it was just, it was rancid. Like Rancy. it was just I know. like, <laughs> yeah, that can happen. But in general, it could be due to the cook. 
Just <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I cooked that one. I don't know if I. You know, it was more rancid taking care of the rest of that hog that was sitting in John's garage for three. <laughs> oh <months>. no! <laughs> uh, yeah, that sucks. Kyle bait went wrong. <laughs> He's like, oh yeah. No, now I gotta ask, funny. how is the uh, alligator gar? Oh, that's it's really good. It's like a, it's just a white flaky fish. Probably like the, lake the or something. There's something really bony gar, though, isn't it? Like a carp. No, not no, not depending. Depending on where you're getting the backstrap from, like the okay. big backstrap cut. No, you can work around the bones, okay. like any fillet, well, like kind of pike. You can, yeah, like pike. Chris. Chris, I don't know if you've seen his video <laughs> online or not, but yeah. no. but Chris, who asked you that question, has the most famous video online for us, and it is a horrible, horrible how not to fillet, <laughs> how not to fillet video. <laughs> well, that's good to like to learn from that too. <laughs> he, did, he did a video on how to fillet a fish, and it got so much negative. Press. We turn the name to it. how not to. <laughs> hey, that's a good learning tool. Exactly. It's funny though. The, the 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 thumbs up went dramatic. It like went completely opposite. It was all these thumbs down to like thumbs up. It was hilarious. Oh, that's oh, great. That's awesome. Oh. No, so I'm anyway, yeah. So I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, Gar, I was just going to say, it's like a paddlefish where some fish is really good leftover, you know, like just depending on like a walleye yeah. and other fish, you can put the rest in the fridge, whatever you don't fry up or put on the grill. Uh, Gar, you really don't want to, it's kind of like, oh, you know what it reminded me of? Either paddlefish is like that. Paddlefish is always better on the grill than okay. fried or um, big heads, believe it or not, big heads like Kentucky. If you yep. guys ever get the chance to bowfish big heads, it is so much fun. And, and they they are like a carp, but they're a plankton yep. feeder, not mm-hmm. a bottom feeder like right. a carp. Right. And that's, I'm sure the difference, but if you get the fillets off right away, like right away in the boat and put them on ice, it's a delicious fish. <laughs> delicious. People get so hung up. I think on, you know, a different species of fish. A lot of it's preparation and how how often, how quick you get those fillets off, how you take care of it, of course, how you cook it. And then, you know, some fish aren't the best leftovers, but right. I have I have yet to meet a fish that I wouldn't eat. We talked to someone about <laughs> the, an, the antelope, I think, was like that. What you got you to gotta hurry up and antelope? get it. The antelope? Yeah. yeah. You got to get it prepped really quick and... Well, some people just must be pickier than I am because I love it. I love it. It's one of my – we always get two or three antelope every year. We hunt Montana, typically Wyoming. This year I shot two of them. Jim shot two, so we had four. We give a lot of the meat away too, but Mm -hmm. I think antelope is delicious. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Some people don't like it all that much, but I think it's great. It's – you know, yeah, it's a lot how you prep it and take care of it and – you know, I uh, because I'm on the road so much, I don't do a lot of my own cuts. I use Lolo Meat Locker here in the Bitterroot, and they do a really great job. Like, I've never had one antelope that's ever came back. And people say that's uh, too sagebrushy, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just not that picky. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. So, Jana, how, how long have you guys been doing Skullbound TV? Well, we worked on it for a year before it launched. So this is season eight. So we've been working on it for nine years. Okay, yeah. Oh, cause... I know something that's exciting to talk about. We are launching... This April, so in about a month, we're launching Skullbound Chronicles on Ooh, Carbon TV. Fun. And it is going to be for the people that don't have sportsmen and awesome. for people who've only got five minutes versus a half hour. And it's going to be highlights from the last eight years of Skullbound TV. Really cool. quick, like the best of the best of hunts. Um, there's probably a half a dozen hunts we've never even aired on because wow. we we hunt so much. Like I know a lot of shows come to the end of the season and they are looking for, we need a couple more hunts. We are always pushing hunts to the next season. We always have 
too many hunts that we filmed just yeah. because we live in Montana. And yeah. so there's hunts we've never even aired before that'll be on there. A lot of my interviews with some of these incredible veterans we were talking about, where you can only show a snippet because you have only so much time on your half hour show. I want to show their full interview. I want to show their full stories. That'll be on there and uh, never seen behind behind the scenes footage never seen before as well as uh, product reviews like I'm seriously gonna for example I was just talking to Danielle from Thompson Center the other day and I want to show people how easy a muzzle loader is because yeah, before yeah. I shot the encore with TC I didn't I was like oh there's too many steps it's too complicated what if it gets wet all these questions kind of kept me from being a muzzle loader hunter and now my gosh I have I love hunting with the muzzle loader it just extends your season and you can go to all these other states where rifle season's closed. I don't know if you guys also gun hunt or you're all just bow hunters, but muzzleloader really does extend your season. Even in Wisconsin, you know, you can go hunting at the end of December with a muzzleloader for those bucks that snuck by you during bow season, you know? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I was thinking, uh, I was just thinking uh, about you and then the show and I was thinking, you know, ever since we've been doing BHP now, we're in our 10th year and I, 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 I mean, we haven't really talked before, but I've seen you in the industry since then. So that's why I say I know you guys been around a long time. Because yeah. when I started this, I remember. Are seeing you calling the... me old? Are you calling me old? <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> not. Thanks, Dave. I'm calling myself that's all old. That's right. I own it. I own it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was no, nice having hey, you on for the dare last time. Dare we even ask? <laughs> no, we don't. No, we no, don't but, dare. Oh, I don't care. I'm totally uh, proud. I'm uh, 47 and a half. Are you kidding? I was never. Rats. Yeah, I'm 47 and a half, been bow hunting, like, literally, so literally almost 17 years, and, uh, and you're, 30 you're years, 30 years. better than all of us put together. Yep. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> guaranteed. No. That's you not. should own Bow Hunter Planet, because we <laughs> do not have what it takes. I no, shot, but, I shot I, a six-point. I was going to say, honestly, if, if there's ever stuff you guys want to air, you want us to air for you, send it to us. we absolutely love to help out, no, no doubt oh, yeah, about it. Absolutely. So anything you're allowed to cool. show online, let us know, because I understand with TV stuff, it's a little tricky on what can be shown, what yeah. can't with your deal with no, carbon can certain show, things you know anything we we're also on my outdoor tv which is another area people can go watch our stuff um that's full episodes though you know so mm -hmm. and i know nowadays people's attention spans are like that of a gnat so yeah. you gotta boil it right. down and make it quick right. wait what'd you say you're talking about me <laughs> what <laughs> where am i i'm not sure what's going on right now <laughs> are we still on the phone <laughs> yeah who's this again who is this <laughs> um, so we uh, we are we can air anything anywhere that's under five minutes. So I've got some good highlight stuff. I'll throw you guys your oh, way to let your fan base and viewers, you know, get a load of some good bow hunting stuff. Awesome. Absolutely. So if we want to check you out on Sportsman Channel, though, when and where, like what what, what times? Our prime time spot is Monday nights. We air at eight thirty Eastern, and then again at eleven Eastern. Are you guys Central or Eastern? Eastern. We're Eastern. Yeah. Eastern. You're Eastern. Okay, yeah. 8.30 and 11, Monday nights. And then we've got three or four different pickup spots. We're on Wednesdays again, Fridays again, and Saturdays again, I think. You can find our times right on the banner of our Facebook page, Skullbone awesome. TV. Yeah, all our times are right there. And then Chronicles will be online anytime you want. And then My Outdoor TV, of course, is online anytime you want. Awesome. Well, we, hey, we really appreciate it. Again, everyone, Jana Waller from Skullbound TV. Can't appreciate you enough for joining us here and uh, giving us a little bit of insight of, uh, you know, the Western the Western hunting that we don't get to do. So uh, we yeah. appreciate it. Thank you for joining. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, see you, we'll see you next time, hopefully. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I really, really appreciate it, and we'll do it again. Awesome. Thank Take you. care. Thanks, Thank Jenna. you. Thanks, guys.
All right. So you hear it, heard it here on Bowhunter Planet. Um, Gianna Waller, check her out. Skullbound TV. You can check her out on the Sportsman Channel. Um, really, really amazing show. Uh, does a lot of really cool stuff. Conservationist to the heart. So uh, we'll see you here next time on the Bowhunter Planet podcast. Thanks so much for listening to the Bowhunter Planet podcast online at bowhunterplanet.com with your host, Team BHP. Check us out on Facebook at Bowhunter Planet. We'll catch you next time. Experience the power of 5G with T-Mobile. With faster 5G speeds nationwide, you can upload your favorite videos super fast or game on the go. Plus, T-Mobile has more 5G bars in more places, so you can stay connected to what matters most from almost anywhere. Switch to T-Mobile today, the leader in 5G. T-Mobile has America's largest 5G network, fastest based on median overall combined 5G speeds according to analysis by Ookla of Speed Test Intelligence Data 5G Speeds for Q4 2021. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. You know the old saying, selling like hotcakes? What does that even mean? What is a hotcake anyway? They should change it to selling like Hondas, because right now Hondas are selling faster than ever. Probably because they're so rugged, long-lasting, and fuel-efficient. And if you want one, you should get to your local Honda dealer right away. Check out the eight-passenger pilot, or maybe the adventurous passport. But you gotta do it fast, because Hondas are selling like, well, Hondas. New models are arriving right now. Don't wait. See your local Honda dealer today.